Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. The Los Angeles Rams are your Super Bowl champions for this season after they beat the Bengals 23-20 in Super Bowl 56 in LA last night. And on this week's podcast, we're going to review this game for you. So I'm here with two boys that you've been on the pod before. We have Luke and Steve from the Hair Dry Treatment Podcast. How are you boys? Hey, pretty good actually. Knackered after last night, but yeah, well worth yeah. it. I'm bask, basking in the post Super Bowl uh, glow. Uh, that's us for football now. Yeah, like, it's so September. <laughs> oh man, it's the worst. Oh it's like God. it's that sort of bittersweet moment when you know you all, all this build up to Super Bowl. You have the two weeks to prepare for it. You have all the hype, all the preparation, and then guess the games happened. The game's done, and then you got all those months to wait. And I think. Thank God the draft is a, is a big deal because that may that may that gives you something in April to, to talk about and um and obviously you've got a free agency things like that but it's um yeah it's um it's it's, it's sad to see but it, it'll come by it'll come by shortly knowing what it's like it'll, it'll be here before we know it so it will absolutely fly by um as well as doing our you know reviewing the Super Bowl we are going to look back obviously Stephen Luke were on our podcast for our predictions episode at the start of the season. So I have managed to trace back the episode. I've managed to um, give some scores. You know, I've given... So, for example, I've given... I'll explain later on more in detail, but basically I've given points for each sort of prediction they get right and wrong and stuff like that. So we will find out who the winner is at the end of the podcast. But before we do that, let's talk about last night's game. So um, this game for me, I think it was... You know, last year's game was so one-sided. A bit of an anticlimax last year with the whole Brady and Mahomes matchup. But this year... It was a lot of good build-up. People thought it might have been one-sided. They end up being one hell of a game. And, and I think it is probably going to be, I think, you know, the Eagles, Pat Patriots, the Falcons, Patriots, probably going to be two of the best in recent history. But I think this one definitely could be up there. Um, I think it was a really good game. It was end-to-end. It had everything you wanted. It had a bit of bit of argy-bargy. It had, obviously, the touchdowns. It had a quarterback, no, a receiver, no, a running back throwing, to, throwing for a touchdown. It had everything you wanted in this game. It was really exceptional. Um, and both quarterbacks, for me, um, you know, I thought they were excellent. I thought Joe Barrow had was a 263 yards with one touchdown. And looking at Matt Stafford, he had 283 yards with three touchdowns, two picks. And, of course, Joe Mixon with the other one. But, for me, I'll get you boys' thoughts on this now. The biggest talking point of this game was... As you might have expected, to be fair, the Bengals O-line uh, meant that Joe Burrow is now the joint, has now got the record for the joint most sacks in any Super Bowl game. Uh, he got sacked seven times by this Rams defense. Uh, and in the end, it was a Cooper Cup touchdown reception that won the game. The Bengals did try in the end. They had a fourth down and it didn't work. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about the O-line first for you boys. Um, we'll go to you first, Steve. Um, is this clearly the most obvious area of need for the Bengals in the off-season? Is this where they have to absolutely just disinvest in, in the draft and free agency? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Bengals' secondary last night was pretty good. Uh, we, I know Cooper Cup got MVP, but we still we saw some genuinely excellent um, defence, you know, particularly in their, their ability to stop the run. Um, but the problem, and you, as you said, that is that O-line. Um, sometimes... It, Sometimes amazes me that that O line even got though, the right. Bengals to where it was, and the amount of times Burrow has been sacked. Now you can argue that he's been up against good defenses, and you know, and they have good schemes, and that's how they're getting through. But the reality, of the fact that the matter is, that O line just is not good enough. Um, I, I've had the conversations about this all day today, and there's a general consensus that no matter how many picks the Bengals have, all of them need to go on the O line, um, with the exception of maybe one, possibly two. Um, they, they definitely need to spend one pick to replace Eli Apple because <laughs> <laughs> he he is getting destroyed on social media today um, for that performance last night. Um, I don't know if you recall, being a Eagles fan, I remember when he was drafted. He was drafted by the Giants, uh, and he's the guy that his mum used to come with him to training each day. Right? He was a laughing stock for that. He was laughed at at the NFC East. He seems to have bounced around team to team since then, but he hasn't gotten any better. Uh, and he's still, when he comes up against the big games and the big players, he gets torched. So there's there's the areas for uh, you know for change. I wouldn't be surprised actually if the Bengals just went ahead, straight ahead and just cut him this summer. Um, I don't I don't see any upside to him from where he is, uh, and he damages the team um, in terms of defense. So there's your there's your uh, 
there's where they need to put the, the draft points. Uh, there's where they need to put the, the cap in free agency. Definitely, no, two or three at least in that line, and uh, replace it for Eli Apple. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals have actually got, according to what I'm looking at now, they've got the fourth um, biggest salary cap um, for next for this offseason. Only the Dolphins, Chargers, and Jaguars have a better cap room. Um, of cap space available um, for the off season, and there are some good O linemen in this in this um, free agency available. Um, looking at potential free agents, you've got the likes of Brandon Chef, you've got Nate Solder, Teron Armstead, Ryan Jensen. I know I know he's old, but Jason Kelsey. You've got Lawrence Duvernay Tardif, Eric Fisher, Riley Reef. You've got a lot of good O linemen and very reliable and experienced O linemen that could really help. I think Barrow because for me, if the Bengals. Just do what they did with a bad O line. Imagine what they can do with a good O line. I mean, that Jamar mm. Chase and um, Burrow connection is excellent. I mean, I know he didn't do much in the game, but Joe Mixon's a brilliant money back. Um, and then I think the defense was excellent. Again, that defense played so well in this game. I mean, Trey, Trey Henderson, what a buy he's been. I mean, Sam Hubbard was brilliant in the game as well. I think the Bengals defense played so well. They were just probably unlucky that the O line basically allowed the Rams to win this game. Um, Steve, what were your thoughts on, on the game as well? Well, one of the other things we're going to say there was we were talking there about how you know the Bengals had their shot, like you know third down, fourth, fourth and one, etc. On the final play, um, Jamar Chase had beaten Jalen Ramsey in that, and you get you look at the yeah, and you look at the, the the spread in the field, and you think if Burrow had an extra one or two seconds, he would have adjusted to that side of the field and seen Chase and gone for it, mm-hmm. uh, and we could be looking at a very different result. And again, that's the difference between having a good O-line and having a bad O-line is that extra one, two seconds hmm. um, to think about we're going to throw it. We saw it with Stafford last night. Um, there was a lot of pressure on him a lot of times, but there were several times during the game where you could see him popping around in there three, four seconds, making three, four, five reads before making taking his shot. And that's the difference between winning and losing a Super Bowl. Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And we'll go to you, Luke, now. Um, the... One of the other talking points was in this game was late on in the game, obviously the Rams had just scored with Cup. Um, the Rams, the Bengals, sorry, went for a run on third down. Uh, third thing was third and one. Um, they, I think they yep. used um, Sam Perrine to, to go for it, which surprising. Right. Isn't it? I, I, was, I was surprised by that call. I think that, you know, I would have personally gone for a more of a passing play considering how often the Rams have got one of the best run defences in the whole league and they were doing well. And they, wouldn't really, they wouldn't really get much out of the running game anyway. So I was surprised they didn't just go for, you know, even if it's a screen pass to someone like Joe Mixon or even sort of someone like Tyler Boyd or T Higgins, I, I was surprised they didn't go for more of that. If they want to go for a short gain, I thought they would have gone for more of a, more, you know, more of a like short, a screen pass or short pass. What were your thoughts on that play, Luke? Well, the, the funny thing was that, um, I think as the game had been on, I felt like the Rams had made quite a lot of adjustments and had actually stopped this, the, the short dump-out passes. So I kind of I kind of thought that third and one run was probably the right option. Um, I kind of disagreed with actually using Pirine on that one, actually, mm-hmm. more than anything. Um, but I, I really thought the Rams had, 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 I mean, I don't know if you noticed, towards the end of the game, they started adjusting really well to it. Yeah. And, and they weren't able to change out them. Um on that side of things, and that was the only way they were really generating a lot of movement. They weren't getting a lot of big wins out of Jamar Chase, for example. Jamar Chase was having to come in, you know, on the inside slot routes to really get any kind of, you know, any sort of traction at all. He, he certainly wasn't getting any outside routes, um, except for obviously the notable time. Uh, you know, I think Higgins was the man that the main man that was the, the target that got most of the joy out of it. But other than that, they, they weren't they weren't doing a lot. Um, I, I just kind of, I, I feel sorry for them actually. I really feel sorry for them because I think they faced a bit of a perfect storm in the sense that the Rams had pretty much, you know, stocked up to win win a win a Super Bowl. But I, I, I don't know what. In another day, they could have tried. They could have tried a short, you know, a screen pass or something, and it might have worked. And I think that's the that's the the, the reason the head coach has paid so much money to make those calls. And this time it didn't work for him. But on another day, it could have done. So, you know, who knows? But I, I think that that, you know, was always going to be a tricky call, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here and saying they should have not maybe gone for that play, but they could have easily they could have easily gone for a passing play and that may still not have worked. But, um, you know, it's, I think fair play Zach Taylor, he was on the hot seat, I think, before the season started. But, uh-huh. you know, I think he's obviously now, he's proved that, 
unlike Kingsbury, I think he's probably definitely off the hot seat for at least another two or three years. And I think that whilst I think I don't think he's a perfect head coach, I think there's definitely some, you know, he's not the completely polished head coach, but I do think that he's impressed me along with it. I forgot his name now. His name's gone beyond me, but their defensive coordinator done a really good job as well. So um, that is something I think they have to be positive about for the next few years. They've got Done all done all mm. his work and done so well. And he got a great young team. But my fear for them and a lot of teams in the AFC is how strong that AFC is. I mean, I think the Rams will see them in a few more Super Bowls because the NFC with Brady gone, with Rodgers maybe gone from the NFC. Um, you've only really got in terms of really good quarterbacks, and if not elite quarterbacks, you've only got really Stafford, Dak Prescott on, on his day, Kyler Murray. And also you look mm. at the AFC, you've got Tons of callbacks in that division, in that conference. You've got obviously Mahomes and Allen, you've got Lamar Jackson, you've got Justin Herbert. If he comes back to Sean Watson, you've got, and obviously mm. you've got Joe Burrow now as well. I mean, all this talk last night was saying, oh, don't worry, you'll, you'll be back. But just as Dan Marino, just as Aaron Rodgers, it's not easy to come back to Super Bowl. It's um, a hard thing to get back to, and there's no guarantee that they're going to come back. So I think whilst people were saying, oh, the Rams had more of a short sort of um, window to win it and there was more of their time, but mm-hmm. the Bengals, no one was also, you see how well Mahomes and Allen played and also Mahomes, it took a Mahomes meltdown in the second half to get the Bengals through. Unless they fix that O-line and even then, that's it, there's no guarantee they'll come back. So I, I do fear for the Bengals that it may have been their one chance to win it, uh, certainly in this era, but... What do you guys think about this? Do you think the Bengals have a chance to get back, or do you, like I'm saying, do you feel that it's um, you know, it's too strong of a conference to to to, to, them to go back regularly? Uh, what are your thoughts, Steve? I think I think the AFC has has turned into the more competitive of the two leagues. Um, I think, especially next season, you're going to see of all the in the NFC, you're going to see from the outset, you're going to be pretty confident who's winning those divisions. Whereas the AFC, you're going to have you know a lot of Battles right the way up, uh, not just like to, to who's winning the division, but to who's getting the wild cards. Um, you, you already quoted there, you've got four or five young, solid, up and coming quarterbacks, all of whom on their day can lead the team to a victory against anybody. Um, and that's that makes for a fun uh, league to play, to, to watch, to play in. Um, if you're a fan, you know, it does make you a little bit kind of nervous, um, you know, especially, I mean. It, you have Herbert and you have uh, Mahomes now in the same division, yeah? Yeah, um, yeah. We can assume safely that the Broncos are going to do something about the quarterback situation in the, uh, in the offseason. You know, that division in particular, I'm going to watch with you know, bated breath next season. It's going to be so much fun. That's so competitive. So good. So good, isn't it? Whole, not, we can't write off the Raiders either. I mean, they've, they've, no. they've brought in Captain Crazy as their, their new head coach. Um, but they are they are going to genuinely that uh, they've gone all in on on Derek Carr, so they're going to build the, the the tools around him. Um, I think Josh Jacobs is starting to look a little bit wavy, so they might get a they might use a second or third round pick to pick up someone to back him up. Um, but in Hunter Renfro, they've got one of the wide receivers with possibly the highest football IQ in the league. Um, so they just they need to build around him, uh, and obviously they have you know fantastic tight ends. Uh, in Waller and Moreau. So I think the FC is going to be more fun to watch next year, uh, more competitive. Um, mm. You know, I can't I can't pick a winner from at least three of the divisions next year. Yeah. Uh, and that, that is very, very rare. I think literally the only division you probably can call already is probably the savvy, the AFC East. I think that the Bills have shown their miles ahead of anyone else in that in that division. And I think that Whilst the AFC West, you've got the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Broncos, and the, and the Raiders, four teams that could all be have good quarterbacks next year. You've got the AFC North, which will have at least three good teams. Look at the Bengals, Ravens, and Browns. You've got the AFC South, yeah, it's a bit top heavy, but you know, with Doug Peterson now in, in um, Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, I think he's had a bad first year, but I think there's definitely a lot more we're going to see from him next year. I think he's only going to get better. And of course, you've got the Titans and the Colts. Um, and if the Texans sort out their franchise, them as well. So I think overall, 
they've got a very good a very good conference there. But let's flip the script to the Rams' point of view. We've done the Bengals. Now let's talk about the Rams. Um, obviously, this is now their second ever Super Bowl title. Their first one was in the 99 season or 98 season when you had the famous play with the Titans, Kevin Dyson, the um, was it one yard away from going in the end zone. What, what an end to a game that was, by the way. Um, so yeah, they won their second one. Obviously, they lost it all those years ago to the Patriots when they only scored three points. I think people like Aaron Donald absolutely deserve to win one. He's been so good. You know, he's well, either been one of the best players never to win one if he hadn't won a Super Bowl in his career. And of course, Sean McVay is now the youngest head coach, winning head coach in any Super, any Super Bowl history, which is a brilliant achievement for him. Um, now, the Rams obviously went all in, Luke. Uh, they went all in. They sacrificed their future, arguably, for, for now. And I think they've showed, in opposite way to the Bengals, they've, they've got a different model of going about it. And, and it's, mm-hmm. they've shown this work. They've obviously got the likes of Von Miller in this season. OBJ, who was excellent in this game. And it was sad to see him go out injured. I think if he was playing the whole game, the Rams may have been a lot more comfortable in this game. Mm-hmm. I think you know, if, if, they keep, if they keep him, you know, they, they've, got, they've got Von Miller. They've got an amazing team for now. And with what we say now about the NFC not being the strongest, do you think the Rams can make the next, can form some sort of dynasty? Do you think they can make the next two or three Super Bowls and even more with that team they've got at the moment? Funnily enough, we were talking about this last night, actually, and, and I think Steve had a slightly different view on this, but I think I think their window's open for another couple of years, I would say. And, yeah. I, and I think that that has been proven by the way that they've kind of managed their... The, the number of picks and all, and all that kind of stuff, you know. So I really, I think they've got a really strong roster. Um, I think the trade up for for Stafford has really, really worked for them, and, and and credit to him as well for showing that he's got more in the locker than just being a lion, you know, divisional rivals and all that aside. But the Lions were dragging him down rather than you know the other way around, um, and I think he's shown that now, and it's a bit of a you know it's a good fillet for him and please for him actually. Um, They've got so much talent in that roster. You know, it's unbelievable. And even if they, they lose a couple of people, they'll still be amazing. So, I, you know, really, they have a really big opportunity here. Um, the, the biggest the biggest flying ointment actually might be their divisional rivals, uh, San Francisco, actually, funnily enough. Mm. But because they, they, you know, could come strong as well. They've got a pretty good roster too. Um, pretty well stacked. So it could be could be really interesting, actually, in that, that whole division, never mind the NFC. Uh, and I'm obviously hopeful that the Packers fall off a cliff massively. Uh, we'll talk about that afterwards. That, that would be intensely amusing from my side of things. And uh, clearly with a new GM and coach combination, the Bears are going to be up there. Come on! Oh. <laughs> but, you know, credit to the Rams. They've, they've done it. They've, mm. they've kind of, you know, put their faith in a win-now mode. And so far it's paid off. And I think it may well continue to do so. You know, they've really got an opportunity to make the most of it, I, I would say. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the, the one thing for the 49ers, obviously they lost Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator. Obviously, he became the Dolphins head coach. I do fear mm-hmm. from Claire, they have hired Anthony Lynn as their offensive coordinator. So I, I do I yeah. do fear from that. You know, he, maybe, maybe he's better as a coordinator than he is a head coach. But from what I saw mm-hmm. with the Chargers, I don't think he's the right man to make that offense good. But, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen with the likes of Todd Bowles, you know, bad head coach with the Jets, how good he's been since leaving there. So I think, you know, I, I think that division will be tough again the Cardinals will come back I think they'll have a good season again and um, yeah I think that NFC West is by far the best division in that league if not maybe with the Seahawks not being as good now it probably was the best division for a while but maybe the AFC North may battle that for the crown but yeah I think I think the Rams I think the Rams with no Brady and Rodgers now I, I think the Rams are going to be in the NFC Championship game unless injuries have a massive role to play in the next few in, in the season if everyone's fit in that team for the next at least two years, I think the Rams are going to be in there in every NFC Championship game. And I depends who the, the Bucks have got a very good team. They just probably obviously for obvious reasons they are lacking a quarterback. So I think if they can if they get a good quarterback in free agency, I think the Bucks will be probably a shout as well. But mm. I just think that if, I think yeah, I think if Rogers stays, the Packers will be a shout. But I just think that the Rams at the moment. They seem the most together, and I'm really happy for Sean McVay because I think he got a lot of unfair stake when they lost to the Patriots and the following season afterwards. So I really, I'm always being a big fan of him. I love his energy and charisma, so I'm really happy for him that uh, he's got the ring. But our final segment of the game of the of the episode is 
going back down memory lane. So as I mentioned before, the three of us did a pre-season prediction episode uh, where we went through our um, first to fourth um, sort of predictions for each division and then certain, certain oh. in amongst it as well. There's some crackers and there's some stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> So what I've done, I think I, I think I know which one which ones are mine. <laughs> yeah. What I've done, for every right position in each division, I've given someone a point each. So say if you get the team who finished first and third right, you get two points. If you get all four teams in the right place, you get four points. If they're all in the wrong place, you get zero points. And then when it comes to the awards, I've given you no points. If you were, this, this personal team was nowhere near this category, I've given you one point if you were close and three points if you were bang on. So, heading on to the divisions, the first division we, we focus on was the AFC East. Now, uh, this division finished with Buffalo finishing first, with New England second, Miami in third, and the Jets, as, as normal, in fourth. Um, in terms of this one, me and Luke had the exact same order. So we had the Bills, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Jets in that order. So we get two points by courtesy of the Jets and Buffalo's position. Mm-hmm. Whereas Steve had Buffalo first, had the Jets fourth, but he had the, the Patriots second and the Dolphins third. So he gets four points. So oh. early on, Steve gets the earliest. It's a fix. <laughs> it's a <pretty> <laughs> you you, you, you sound like the Bengals fan from last night, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but actually, before we carry on, um, I love the. I don't know what you boys think. You're probably of an older generation. I absolutely love the halftime show this year. I thought it was amazing. Me I mean, me too. That, I mean that the, the bidding great. was the bidding was exceptional. We obviously had Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, all these big stars. It was built to be amazing, and then what we saw, what transpired, with everything he wanted and more. And someone I love, Fifty Cent, a big fan of. He obviously him coming on was amazing as well. I thought it was one of the best we've seen in years. What were your boys' thoughts on the halftime show? Well, I, I actually didn't didn't expect Fifty Cent to show up, but I mean, you know, it, 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 I'm not surprised he showed up after two quarters. So. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I I thought the show was fantastic. Um, I thought it did everything it needed to do. Um, now one of the, one of the guys that watched us with us was a little bit upset at the fact that you know that Dre and Eminem were singing some of the very best songs, but they were singing the uh, the toned down versions of them, uh, which he thought <laughs> kind of removed the impact from the songs. But I, you know, you can't expect anything more. I mean, this is supposed to be family entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. I genuinely, I, I'm very disappointed that one of the things that's been trending a lot this morning is Eminem took the knee. It's like, why is no one talking about the performance and how entertaining yeah. it was and how it was one of the best halftime shows of all time? Probably definitely in the top three. Um, but it, I think it's just take, taking a knee is always going to be controversial. So maybe maybe that overshadowed the rest of the performance a little for some people. Not for not for myself and Luke or anyone who was watching because we, we thought it was outstanding. But I have seen a lot of social media this morning where they've, they've gone a little bit overboard on the, the knee thing. Um, and I, I'm disappointed in that because it was a really, really good show. It was really well put together. Uh, Mary J. Blige in particular, I was fantastic to see her you know, back on top form, back on the big stage. Um, she's, she's an absolutely incredible artist. Um, yeah, look. Yeah, I just I just thought it was ace, actually. Um, I, I really enjoyed everything. And then, funnily enough, actually, I didn't actually notice him taking the knee because I was too engrossed in it. I didn't actually... Yeah, didn't really I didn't notice Doing the whole rapper thing, you know, and I didn't realise <laughs> he was taking the knee because I'm an idiot, obviously. Um, but uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great homage um, to, to everything hip-hop. And I just I just thought it was... Uh, the, the, the one that actually reminded me of was Prince's halftime show mm-hmm. um, way back, which was probably the only one at Rivals, actually, because Prince's halftime show is still my favourite. But that was a close second because I really enjoyed it. Um, more than I expected to actually so fair play to them uh, just excellent all round yeah for me sadly the Prince one was a bit before my time but I but before 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 yesterday for me it was Lady Gaga was my favourite one ever but I think that one there has um, certainly out trumped that it, I think for me that's the best I've ever seen yeah. in my six seven years watching Super Bowls hi everybody this is Matt Coombs from What's the name of the... Oh, yeah. The Nat Coombs Show. <laughs> I struggled to remember that for a moment. Quick favour to ask. We have been nominated for Best NFL Show. Thank God we're in that category. In the Sports Podcast Awards. And we'd love your help. Because you can vote to help us get over the line. 
So head to sportspodcastawards.com, sportpodcastawards.com. Uh, vote for our category. Vote for our show. Don't have to vote for any others. <laughs> Not bothered about those. Uh, and really, mainly, the reason we've been nominated, frankly, is because Andy has been running our social media so brilliantly uh, for the season. I don't think we would have even had a whisk, got within a whisker of it if it hadn't been for Andy. So I really, really appreciate his support and would appreciate yours. Sportspodcastawards.com. Go vote for the show. You know it makes sense. Appreciate it. Thank you. So our next division we're going to focus on with our predictions-wise was the AFC North. And this one was a surprise to everyone that the Bengals went on to win it for the first time in years uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers second, uh, the Browns were third, and the Ravens, thanks to a lot of injuries, were fourth. And as you may have expected, we all got zero points with this division. So I went for a uh, Cleveland, Baltimore, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh first to fourth. Uh, Steve went for Cleveland first, Ravens second, Pittsburgh third and the Bengals fourth. Whereas Luke had Baltimore first, Cleveland second, Cincinnati third and Pittsburgh fourth. So we all had a, had a bit of a stinker there, but the stinkers get worse. I, I can assure you of that later but on. To be fair, oh, no, one, no, one, no one could have projected the level of injuries the Ravens would have had this season. No. I mean, they had no running game at all before the season even started, apart from the obviously yeah. star running back in Lamar. Yeah. Um, but the, the rest of the... They, they lost some like their entire backfield for that yeah, game against Cincinnati, where, much. where Bengals torched them for like... Where Burroughs went 500-plus yards. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That that one was you can't predict the injuries, you know. No. On talent level, we probably got it about right. Yeah, I mean, there's always one team every year. Look at the forty nine this last season. There's always one team most years that are just just all year just obliterated by injuries. And this year it was the Ravens' turn. Uh, but I think it might help them out. They also they got fourth. They'll get an easier schedule. And I think that the Ravens will be as long as everyone's fit. They'll be right back in amongst it next year, and maybe even might get second or third seed <laughs> in the playoffs. Um, AFC South, we all had the exact same running order in our predictions. So the final t- table was the Tennessee Titans, the Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We all went for a Tennessee, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, and Houston at AFC uh, South. So that all gets us two points each. And we now head to the AFC West. As uh, this division finished, the Chiefs first, the Raiders second, the Chargers third, thanks to a wonderful last game of the season, and the Broncos fourth. Now, I went for a Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, so I get one point. Uh, as does Luke, who had the exact same order. And then Steve gets two points, as he had the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Broncos. So he gets two points, as we now head to the NFC side of things. So Steve, Steve, Steve Steve's division, obviously, the NFC East. This finished Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington Giants. I think I got this horribly wrong. We, we all did. We all got zero points. <laughs> <laughs> so me, me and Steve put our division winners as Washington, which that couldn't have gone any worse. Uh, and then Luke had Dallas. And then my rest, of my obviously, I went for Washington, Dallas, Giants, Eagles, as did Steve. And Luke went for Dallas, Washington, Giants, Eagles, which because the Eagles made the playoffs, which means we all, we all got zero point. That was another d- disappointing round. Oh no, and Luke, Luke does get one point there because he got Dallas's division winners. So, oh god, yeah, that, get a point. Oh my yeah. god, come on, that's that, um, that changes things. Still alive. I want, I want to take that point off him for suggesting the Eagles have finished last. <laughs> As did you. <laughs> Your team sucks. Well, we we, we, we rebuilt this did. season. We we had the the cap hit from the Carson Wentz trade. You know, we had a lot of older players who were either injured or, or you know, had gone. We had we were in cap hell, um, like six weeks before the season probably, started. And, and we made and, Gore, who couldn't catch a cold. And we made the playoffs, which is more I, than someone else's team did. I know, but you're still rubbish. <sighs> I mean, I'm, I'm saying nothing, personally. I got no leg to stand on at all. There's a lot of salt coming from Mr. Campbell tonight. The salt is everywhere. Salty. bit salty. That's all I can tell you. Um, this might cheer Luke up. The next division is the NFC North. Now, yeah. this one, it finished the Packers first, the Vikings second, the, the Bears third, and the Detroit Lions, as every year, finished fourth. Now, Luke had two points. Um, he had Chicago in the division, with the Vikings second, the Packers third, <laughs> the one overall seed and the Detroit Lions fourth. So he gets two points. I, I want a I want a pint of what Luke was drinking when he made his predictions. <laughs> the Bears won in that division. Oh. 
I did that one from the heart completely. Come on, you got to give me more. Yeah, you got to just heart. give me full points anyway, no matter that what. Was, that was from the heart. heart. Come on, that was from the arse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Steve had the Packers, Bears, Vikings, and the Lions, so he gets two points as well for the order of the Detroit Lions and the Packers. Whereas I had the exact order it was in, so I had the Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions. So I get four points from the nice. NFC North. Nice. NFC South, this one finished Tampa Bay number one, the Saints second, the uh, Atlanta Falcons third, and the Carolina Panthers fourth, despite a 3-0 start to the season. Um, obviously, we all had Tampa Bay number one, so we all get a point there. In terms of the rest of our division rankings, I had the Falcons second, the Saints third, and the Panthers fourth, so I get two points for the Buccaneers and Panthers order. Steve and Luke both get a point, because Steve had the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons, and Luke had the Buccaneers, the Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and then the Saints. So, what was I thinking? I, I mean, I had the Falcons <laughs> second, um, so I can't say anything either. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I couldn't have predicted Cam Newton coming back there. I mean, that would have oh. just, if I'd known he was coming back, it would automatically put the Panthers to the bottom. So, I mean, they're, they're such a good start with, you know, 3 0. Yeah. Then, then run CMC gets injured, Cam comes yeah. back, and it just all fell apart. Can, can we rename the, the next prediction podcast? We we do just a car crash podcast where we just totally get it wrong, completely comedy style. So we yeah, all predict the Bears to win the division. Yeah, just like predict the Bears are going to win every division, for example. Bears for <laughs> Super Bowl next year. Yeah, I, I have a bet on the Bears every year actually on the Super Bowl. I do just because one year. Do, do you want to just like give me the tenor at the start of the season just to save yourself? I know, you know, I know, I know, but I do from the heart. You know, you have to do it. You have to be behind your team no matter what. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Just so, to so do catch us next year for the Detroit Lions organization prediction episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot where I was now. Um, NFC West. So we just. Oh, actually, West. That, was, that was a yeah. So mentioned the Panthers. There's been a lot of talk recently since the season, all the regular season ended. A lot of talk of the Panthers are willing to trade running back Christian McCaffrey uh, for multiple first round picks now. Mm. Running back has been been a position where you know it's seemed to be devalued more and more every year, and we've seen his injury record in recent years. I mean, we've seen similar things with like Todd Gurley, someone I've, I love when he was at his best. We're seeing it. Well, Derek Henry had the injury this year, so a lot of running backs are having these. Nico Elliott had a had had a few years. So, do you think the Panthers are right to, to trade him away, or do you still think that? Because when he plays, even though he plays like a handful of games his last two years, he's always delivered, even when he's played three or four games yep. a year. So, Luke, do you, if you were the Panthers, if you were the front office in, the, in Carolina, what would you do? Would you would you trade him for those first-round picks for a more reliable position, a more injury-free position, or would you keep McCaffrey because when he plays, he's unreal? I, I, I think it's a tough one. A lot of it, I mean, sounds like a cop-out, but it depends on the size of the offer, right? Because, like, if they get... If they get like a couple of first round picks, then you have to seriously think about it with his injury record, right? And, and then you use that to retool your team. So, like, if you if you got a really good offer, like multiple first round picks, then I think you'd have to really seriously think about it and and, and give it a real good amount of thought. And um, for me, I don't know. I'm on, I'm on the fence on it because I think he is a, a still a very very valuable player. And, and running back-wise, he's still comparatively young. And yes, there are concerns about his injury history. And I actually think that'll, that'll you know, affect his trade value. So I kind of don't think they will because I don't think they'll get the price they need for him. So yeah. I think I think he'll stay where he is. I think that with the Panthers, the one thing, they got a good receivers, they got a good defence. And they got a good back, mm-hmm. running back in, I think, Ch- Ch- Chuba Hubbard or Chuba Hubbard, I think he likes yeah. yeah. So I think if a team... If they can either get a quarterback in free agency or this team offers them a quarterback, like a, I'm trying to think of a good um if they if they, if they get if they can get a quarterback in exchange mm. for these trades, like say I'm trying to think of a team that needs a running back, I can't think top of my head, but if say a team wants McCaffrey but they're happy to give away a quarterback, um, which I don't think they would for a really mm. good one. But I think, you know, I think, you know, that's probably more of a need because they've got a good backer. But I just think that they aren't gonna get they need, they need a callback, but they aren't going to get a callback in exchange. I don't think personally an elite one for McCaffrey's injury record. So it yeah. is tough to know what to do with that. What do you think, Steve, on, on McCaffrey? Would, would you trade him or would you keep him? I think what we've seen in the league in the last few years is that the big name running backs that all came through and all made a big impact at a similar time 
they're all reaching that kind of three, four, five year stage now where injuries are starting to take their toll. Um, we talked, you mentioned earlier Gurley and how Gurley looked absolutely unstoppable for those first so good. Years. Got his big contract and then suddenly, you know, it became apparent that the knees weren't quite what we thought they were in, in year three. And he hasn't, he was, he was out the game by this year. You know, and that's only what, five, five, six years since he was drafted. Mm. Um, I think in terms of the likes of Barclays and Elliott's and McCaffrey's, oh, um, well, yeah. all of those, all of those are coming to that stage now where they're slowing down a little uh, and they need to be better as passing backs. Uh, Zeke and Barkley don't have that same um, ability to kind of get out into the short yardage situations and then make something after they catch the ball. McCaffrey's big advantage there is that his ball handling skills are fantastic. Oh. You know, his, his short yardage plays. If you bring in a younger or rookie quarterback or maybe somebody in the second or third year and like he can just every play dump off five yards to McCaffrey, that, that would do your organisation the world of good. Um, so I don't actually think they'll, they'll trade McCaffrey right now. I do think his injury record is a concern, um, but I don't think that in the current state of the league, I don't think they would get um, like two first-round picks from him. I think you might get a first-round pick and a lower-round pick, but you wouldn't get a decent quarterback for him. Maybe a first-round pick and a kind of a QB who's kind of, you know, second choice or kind of the, the, they're looking to replace and they've got someone, you know, back already sitting there in the, the wings to bring in. Um, I don't think um, McCaffrey carries nearly the kind of value. I don't think modern running backs, once they get past year three, I don't think any of them in the league carry the, the kind of value of like first and second round picks. Um, and McCaffrey, the good thing with McCaffrey is you never ever hear any stories about him being, you know, like a locker room cancer or, or causing mm. problems mm. with the boys. He's always, you know, a great teammate. So in that respect, that keeps his value high. But uh, no, I don't think they'll, they'll trade because I genuinely don't think the kind of price that, we're talking about here is achievable for a guy with his injury record, especially last season. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's interesting to see what happens. I think we'll see a lot of big moves this free agency, and I think it'll be interesting what happens with the likes of McCaffrey going into that. Um, the NFC West, which obviously had the champions and the Rams finishing first, the Cardinals second, the 49ers third, and the Seahawks fourth. Um, so I went for a Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals. Um, adds did Steve, so we both get a point each, and then Luke went for the Rams, 49ers, Arizona, and Seattle, so he gets two points there. Um, before we head on to our um wildcard picks, uh, one thing I didn't mention before with the Rams, Sean McVay has flat out denied these retirement rumors, but Aaron Donald didn't. There's been a lot of talk pre Super Bowl of him, you know, potentially retiring if he wins the game. Obviously, he won the game, they asked him. I think too much after they, they asked him way too much mm. after the game and he never said no to that. I'm going to give some time to think about it. So there's a chance. I think if he does retire, that's a big loss, that Rams defense. So interesting what happens next year with that. Um, in terms of our wildcard picks, so we pick, we all pick three team, our three teams picking at the wildcards. And um, what I've done, I'm not taking into account if they made it, if they won the division. If you just got a team that made the playoffs, that's enough. So mm-hmm. I went for the Ravens, Colts, and Chargers. My AFC wildcard, zero points. I went for the Falcons, 49ers, and Seahawks, which gets me a point. And all you, when looking back at the episode, I did originally say Dallas, and I changed my mind mid prediction to oh. to the Seahawks. So um, that's a regret. That's a regret of mine. Oh. Um, <laughs> Steve had the Chargers, Ravens, and the Patriots. So he gets a point there for New England getting in there. And then NFC, he had the Dallas Cowboys, the Chicago Bears, and the 49ers. So he gets an extra two points for that as well. And then Luke had Miami. I love the pick, but that obviously went south. The Browns and the Colts, zero points there. (laughs) And he went for the, as he called it, the Vikes, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. He gets two points for that one. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where it gets funny. Now, we've gone for the, some of the awards we gave out. So, first of all, we did the AFC Champions, which uh-huh. we, also, we also had the Chiefs. So, we all, I put zero, but I might give us all, all a point there because they, they, were, they were close to making it. So, I'm going to give us all an extra point for that. Um, <laughs> because they made the Champions game but didn't win it. Okay. But they, they get I'll, take, I'll take any points. But it's obviously three points if you get it bang on. So that's sort of like the, the close thing. Um, surprise team, I can I can safe, safely say we all had an absolute, probably the worst take so far in all our predictions. So Luke's surprise team was the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Um, they surprised me just by how poor they were. Yeah, and how bad. So Urban Meyer, that was a disaster. Urban Meyer was okay. the biggest flop of a head coach appointment I've ever seen. He, yeah. I did an article, I did a long article how I thought he was going to transform the Jaguars and he did nothing with just... He did nothing. Oh. It was a horrible watch, horrible watch. He did, he did okay. nothing but kind of add some money to the, the Jacksonville stripping community. <laughs> and also the, the, the um, meme had a good audition to be the next um, Jaguars kicker as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then, but we can't laugh, Steve, because we both had the Washington football team, all the commanders, we should say, as our surprise. Yeah. So, to be fair, we, we had this when Fitzpatrick was fit. Yeah. And as soon as he went down, we were, we were like, we were done. We had no chance. Taylor Heineke, I thought, could be the guy after that playoff performance against the Buccaneers, but he proved this year that he's not, he's not made the NFL level. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, it gets more embarrassing now when look at particularly my flop team. So, <laughs> my flop team, I put the Cardinals as my flop team, who were the longest team, before, had the longest unbeaten streak in this, this year. Um, yeah. Steve gets a point because this team almost was, but they had a good end to the season. Steve had the Dolphins as a flop team, so I've given them a point. Yeah. They, were close, they were close to being a real, I think that's one and seven start. We had such a bad start. That would have been a bang on three points for you, Steve. But I think the way we ended the year, just missing out on the playoffs, which is probably our expectation. I, I think, given given what you did in firing Flores, um, and then texts coming out about you deliberately tank it or being asked to deliberately tank, well, uh, I think that's, that's worth more than a point. Yeah, and it shows that the Dolphins were a massive failure and could be getting worse. Yeah, I mean, Luke's one. I'm, I wasn't sure whether to give one point or three points. I'll let you guys be the judge of this. Um, Luke had the Saints as his flop team. Now, I originally put three points, but do you think that's one point, or do you think they're missing out in the playoffs? The Saints missed out in the playoffs on like the last day, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, and obviously, yeah, I mean, that's that's not kind of that's a flop. That's like right contention right the way to the very, very yeah. end. It's still a flop. He didn't. Make I'll change it. that. I'll change that point. He didn't make it. That changes things. That changes things a lot again in terms of the final scores. Um, now, this is a good one. Um, so, what well, next one we had was the biggest contender. No one is talking about. So, because my team always played the playoffs, I had the Colts. So, I get I got given give myself a point. Steve had the Browns. So I've given him zero points for that one. Yeah, fair. And Luke, ch- the champion of this round, he put the Rams. Oh <laughs> wow! Very yes, yeah. three points. <laughs> Here's a true story. Actually, I had a bet on the Rams before the season started, and I collected on it last night. Uh, I also well, had one, but I cashed in because I just bought it. Yeah. Well, I did it before the season started, so I got like twelve to one or something. So I was pretty happy yeah. with that. Well, I don't know whether I mentioned it, you boys. Um, I, got put on, I don't know whether I put it on the group chat. I mentioned it in last week's podcast, so apologies yeah. for repeating the story. I don't remember ever making this bet. But I, looked at Paddy, I looked at my betting company the other day, which I've actually barely used at the moment. I apparently put a £5 on bet on the Bengals winning it back in August. So oh, you could have cashed that out before the game and made a fortune. Well, it was like yeah. 100, it was 163 to cash out or 455 four, five, uh, four, to win. I thought, you know what? It's not. I thought to yeah. take the risk. And also, I, I did this like um, sort of um, sort of like multiple bet things that uh, accumulated thing where if the Bengals had thrown for forty more yards or a chase of the sea had also caught for the forty yards and the Bengals had won the game, I would have got an extra ninety pounds on top. So I was so good. My one, now, the, this this one really annoyed me. So we were sat there and Luke was like saying, "I was saying to Luke, the, the the Rams need to go for two points here when they scored that touchdown." need to get four points on the board so that the Bengals have to go down the pitch and the Bengals have to score a, a touchdown to win the game. Uh, and everyone's like, no, you'll take the point, take the point, you know, be conservative about it. The reason that I was saying take the two points was I had a £2 bet on the final score being the Rams 24, Bengals 20 <laughs> at 150 oh, to 1. <laughs> my God, that is... I was that, that close to picking up £300 from two quid. That is amazing. Gutted. That, that is amazing. That that's um that would be so good. Um, our next one was our boldest prediction. Now, um, I'll go. I'll say this first because it's the best one on the whole thing. Steve had the Jets finishing above the Dolphins. Giving him a flat out three points, or zero points even. Um, yeah, Luke. I don't think you can laugh because you had. The Packers finishing third in the NFC North. <laughs> <Your bold prediction. laughs> and then finally, I, I, had, 
I had two. So for some reason, I had two down. So my one was Steelers finishing fourth in the AFC North, which I obviously that's no points. But my other one was Julio Jones having less than three touchdowns in the season, which he had just one. So mm-hmm. yeah. I have three points for myself there, which I'm quite happy with. Um, he did start the season injured, didn't he? So yeah, yeah, he wasn't when he when he, he wasn't the best when he played either. But I think he's just now a washed up player. But you know. Still, you know, probably not bad third choice receiver, but I don't think you can ever have him now as your first choice back. First choice that's back, it. first choice mm-hmm. wide out. No, um, he's definitely number two there to AJ Brown. Oh, AJ Brown is is exceptional. Um, talking of AJ Brown, Steve had him as his offensive player of the year prediction. I had Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill had zero, but because of how good Cooper Cup was, we were all nowhere near that. So we all get zero points there. Um, MVP. Me and Luke both picked Patrick Mahomes to win the crown. So I've given I've given us no points because it was sort Nil of point. Brady and sort of Cap and Taylor were the ones everyone was talking about. But Steve gets three points as he correctly predicted Aaron Rodgers to win a back-to-back MVP. So um, well done to Steve on that one. Um, defensive player of the year. So on that one, let me, let me change the sheet. Um, so my prediction was um, Chase Young. So I've got no points for that one. Miles um, Garrett had 16 and a half sacks, no, 16 sacks, and he was Steve's pick. So I've given him a point because he's only four, five and a half sacks away from the defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, who had 22 and a half sacks, a new record. And Luke, I'm giving him no points because it was 10, point, 10 sacks away from Watt, but had Aaron Donald, who had 12.5 sacks this season. So I've given you no points because... Yeah, he was good, but I don't think he was ever in that contention for play of the year, defensive play of the year. Um, offensive rookie of the year, obviously went to Jamar Chase. No one had him. Um, Stephen Luke, you both had Najee Harris, who had a good season. But I think, again, he was nowhere near as good as Jamar Chase was just above above everyone else. He was the most obvious pick of the whole MVP award, the whole NFL Honor Awards. My one was Trey Lance, so that, that one didn't go, didn't go quite as well. <laughs> for minus points for an award. Because Trey Lance definitely <laughs> deserves minus points for an award. I think we also got minus five points for those surprise team um, predictions. <laughs> the the tree area is sinking. <laughs> um, well, me and Luke both get a three point as he both correctly predicted Micah Parsons to be defensive play- rookie of the year. Come on. And then Steve gets a point as he picked Patrick Sertain, who had a very good season in my opinion, but Mike Parsons was just a bit better. Um, the stinkers continue here with our comeback play of the year predictions. Uh-oh. I had Matt Ryan, <laughs> so zero points. <laughs> Steve had Saquon Barkley, <laughs> oh, and Luke had Sam Donald. <laughs> <laughs> so we all get zero points for that. Uh, um, we still probably... give up at this point. Yeah, we, we, that was not the best one. And then finally, obviously, we gave our AFC and NFC winners. We had the Chiefs. Uh, obviously, Steve um, had the, pack, the Packers winning it, and me and Luke have had the Buccaneers. So, in terms of the, the Super Bowl 56 prediction, both myself and Luke both picked the Chiefs to win it, and Steve picked the Packers. So, we all get zero points there, because none of them made the game. So, yeah. now, we are heading to our overall point score now. I think I know who's won this. Well, it's not me. <laughs> because of my bad mass and my sort of my bad judging, I, I change it around a lot with the whole Saints situation with uh, forgetting to give them a point, Luke point for Dallas. It's changed things a lot. So we have two people tied with 21 points and then a winner with 22 points. So it's all very close. Um, the winner of the inaugural Euro Trips Across the Pod Prediction Award Show is. Insert drum roll. Steve. Ah, oh, well done, Steve. So well yeah, done. Aaron Rodgers saying was probably the, the 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 winner for him. I think that, that yeah. Probably... Considering how that bad some of the picks were, I'm genuinely surprised. But uh, no, yes, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that one. Um, I seem to be doing quite well in my predictions this year. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of faith in the Rams. I just didn't have faith in the Rams to beat a resurgent Aaron Rodgers. And uh, then someone else did it for them. So, yeah, I mean that <laughs> that game with the 49ers, I think I watched that in, and I remember just watching that in absolute shock. I had, I thought that for me that was the one game I thought was a dead cert with the Packers to beat the 49ers, um, and end, end up not being the case. So I, I really the best, the best meme I've seen on this was uh, 
you know, you remember the uh, Avengers uh, scene where it's like Tony Stark is talking to Doctor Strange. And he yeah. says, I've been through like 2,403,000 scenarios. And uh, says, and what happens in all of them? You know, and, and we only won in like one of them. <laughs> he says, uh, does, <laughs> does, does Aaron Rodgers beat the, the Niners in any of them? And he said, nah, you're all right. Draft Alex Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that joke, that's wasted on me, that joke. I don't watch Marvel, so that joke is completely wasted on me. Oh. So you, you do understand the NFL, though, and you do understand just how bitter Rodgers still is at the fact oh. that the Niners took Alex Smith yeah. ahead of him. Right, just, and how he always sees every game against him as a revenge to, and how the Niners always beat him. He's it actually is he zero and four in playoff games against the yeah. Niners. His record against the Niners is just tragic. It's yeah. just it's not good, good, is it? I do feel if they picked him, they'd have won multiple Super Bowl rings. If they picked Rogers over first overall, they would have won it in twenty twelve. They'd have won it against the Chiefs. Yeah, but it's, it's the whole thing the whole butterfly effect. It's because if they not pip, if they picked Rogers, they wouldn't have had the high draft picks to get certain other players. So I think it all you know, if they had picked Rogers, they wouldn't have been getting some some high picks to get other players. Like they wouldn't have got Nick Bosa. If they had Rogers, they would never have got Nick Bosa. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I suppose. Um, but that is the end of our podcast and the end of our season. So this is obviously we are taking a, a month break from the pod because there's not much happening now. We'll probably make it, we'll do new pods throughout free agency and in the draft, but we are going to take a month off just to recover from a really good and busy season. Just want to thank you boys for coming on and early in, early in the season as well. Yeah, thank, you. thank you, Nick. No problem at all. It's been really good having you on. I'm really glad to have you on for multiple episodes. Um, also want to thank Nat Coombs. I want to thank Fred and Rob from Third and Goal. Ash in the NFL, I want to thank Britt Jag, I want to thank Sam Moores, Freddie Harper-Davis, Adam and Freddie from Franchise Tag Podcast, I want to thank Cameron Hogwood for coming on, I want to thank Sam Morgan, George Egertor and Andre from um, the Hurry Up Podcast for coming on, I want to thank Simon Cowell for coming on from Touchdown NFL, I want to thank Javain, I want to thank Hannah, Hannah Wilkes for coming on, I want to thank Ollie from Talk Sport to come on, and also to thank Marek Larwood, Chris Milner, Richard Graves, Asmir Begovic and Jeff Reinbold for sending those voice notes for the Super Bowl predictions. So that has been our first season of Eurotrips Across the Pod podcast. This has been Andy, this has been Luke and Steve, and we'll see you next season. See you later. Thank you very much. <laughs>